Hello, my dear friends, and happy holidays to all. I have decided to do another mini astro cast for our uh, solar eclipse in Capricorn here uh, because I really liked the full moon version last month uh, or a couple weeks ago, and I feel like I do better talking <laughs> than I do writing. Um, but enough about me. So let's talk about this solar eclipse in Capricorn, which will be happening at four degrees and seven minutes of Capricorn on uh, December 25th, at least here on the Pacific Coast. A lot of people will be experiencing it on the 26th, but we're still calling it the Christmas eclipse here. Uh, now that will perfect here on the Pacific Coast at 9.13 p.m. on Christmas. And so, of course, with any eclipses, you know, these are big moments in the year where, uh, you know, they're like supercharged new moons and supercharged full moons. Uh, and they lead us to, you know, through these portals of energy that really initiate these larger cycles, uh, typically about six months in time. But depending on when they get activated by planets such as Mars, you know, it could be sooner or um, later. Now, this particular eclipse is going to be happening at, uh, as I said, four degrees and seven minutes of Capricorn, but we have quite the cluster going on. Uh, we have the sun, moon, Jupiter, now in Capricorn, and the south node, of course, uh, all making a conjunction around this same point. And uh, so this is a south node eclipse. And so, you know, with a solar eclipse, there is essentially... Uh, it's basically the sun is being blotted out by the moon. So it does have a malefic quality to it. And I will say, you know, just it's a public service warning for all you people out there that like to, you know, charge your crystals during uh, lunations, or maybe if you're more advanced making certain talismans, uh, it is not recommended to do so during eclipses because these are, you know, traditionally considered malefic energy as, uh, you know, our life force the sun uh, is being blotted out by our other giver of light, the moon, which requires its light for the sun from the sun. You know, the only reason we see the moon, you know, light up is because of the sun's influence. So just know that you're not going to want to, you know, uh, kind of encapsulate the energy of this uh, particular lunation so that you can, you know, use it later because you might not want to use it later. And Nina Griffin uh, is, uh, you know, a fabulous astrologer who works in talismanic magic, and she has written extensively about this recently, so you might want to check her feed out. Um, but, you know, back to our eclipse here, because, you know, we have the sun, the moon, and Jupiter uh, all meeting on the south node. So there is definitely a karmic quality to this particular eclipse, and it is all centered around growth, uh, which, you know, most eclipses are. And, you know, we're trying to get somewhere, right? With each lunation, we are trying to get somewhere. But Jupiter is the planet of growth and movement and going beyond, and the story is just continuing. And so here, our stories are getting eclipsed, and by the south node. And 
And so the South Node, you know, this is a powerful eclipse to really let go, uh, to begin again. Because the South Node, I like to consider it as our celestial draino, where we can really clean things out if we are willing to give, um, you know, to it. We, it's uh, Rather than have things taken away, why don't we offer the eclipse something, offer uh, what we no longer want so that we can seed in the next appropriate growth. And with Jupiter in Capricorn, you got to realize that that uh, particular growth is can definitely, and can also keep in mind that the moon's next move after conjuncting with the sun in the eclipse will be to conjunct Jupiter. So this, you know, we are really moving a for- forward here, but we're doing so through constricting. This is forward movement by pulling back. You know, we are uh, contracting. We are putting up boundaries. We are tightening our belt uh, in many ways so that we can focus and grow in a particular area. And a lot of times, in order to do so, that uh, growth is going to require restraint from us. It's going to require a practical vision, you know. Uh, it, it's This is not about dreaming. This is about practicality here. Uh, and it's also going to require a conscious wisdom of what is best for us in the long term. Because, you know, at the end of the day, this eclipse in Capricorn is looking to Saturn. And Saturn is in Capricorn in its own sign, which means it's very strong. But it's extra strong, especially right now, because it is moving to conjunct Pluto in the skies in a grand conjunction that hasn't happened since 1982. You know, this is a long time coming. And that's going to take place two days after our lunar eclipse that will happen in Cancer. So much of these first two weeks of the eclipse period is, you know, it's going to be hypercharged. Uh, and in releasing those karmic, you know, conditions and, and really highlighting them too, especially as the planets go over to, you know, pass over the south node. And so basically this is going to happen. And keep in mind, let's, this is a framework of Capricorn. We're looking at uh, long-term goals, uh, you know, finances, the structures that hold us up in the world, you know, our work, meaningful work on top of that, not just work to slave away, but what pr- provides spiritual, uh, you know, meaning. Because the sea goat is, you know, it's half goat, but it's also half, uh, you know, water creature. And the water energy lives in spirit uh, and, you know, that that realm of the soul. And so those two have to meet so that we are striving towards something that is really connected with our own sense of meaning and our own soul's purpose. And that might be part of the constriction that we are experiencing now because we are tightening up the reins and we are putting the boundaries down so that our spirit can pursue, uh, you know, the, the goals and the structures it now wants to make for itself. And so that means whatever's not working and whatever has run its course, is now going by the wayside. And so we can release through that south node. So now, of course, the moon is the first to meet the south node uh, the following day on December 26th, but then the sun is going to go on to release through it on December 30th. And then Mercury, who is now in Sagittarius, will then be in Capricorn to hit the south node on January 3rd. And then last but not least, we have Jupiter conjunct the south node exactly 
on January 8th, all leading us up to our lunar eclipse in Cancer uh, on the 10th of January, which is followed by the Sun, Mercury, Ceres, Saturn, and Pluto, all conjuncting between the 12th and 13th of January. So you can see, like, this is going to be a heck of, you know, two weeks where there's a lot of reconfiguration uh, in moving along. And there's a couple things that have, you know, really paired into the idea of reconfiguration and restructuring. Uh, One is Mars. You know, Mars is kind of on its own right now in the planets, uh, at least in the chart. Uh, but But it's strong and it's in its own domicile. And Mars is really going to be what's going to be activating this eclipse area, especially in uh, late March here. So it's, you know, we've had a pre, uh, a precursor of Mars making its last aspects uh, with a sextile to Saturn, a trine to Neptune, and then most importantly, oh, maybe not most importantly, but, uh, you know, finishing it off with the sextile to Pluto. So this is reinforcing boundaries. This is reinforcing the changing conditions. And Mars, our warrior energy, is flowing with this. And we now have the opportunity, uh, or we have already seeded in the opportunity uh, to, you know, make big changes. Now, of course, there might be areas of residual and deeply rooted emotion that come through this because, you know, Mars is in Scorpio. And so these things are coming to the surface. uh, And that is probably where the boundaries and the changes are becoming activated from. So, you know, and on top of that, I would like to look at the tarot correspondences with this uh, lunation as well. And you'll be able to view the, uh, you know, not only the chart of uh, the eclipse, but also the tarot cards over on uh, my blog. If you're not lis- uh, listening via that channel, you'll be able to see the visuals over at uh, energeticprinciples.com backslash astroblog. Now, our tarot cards. So there are quite a few at play. The actual eclipse itself is taking place in the uh, domain of the Two of Pentacles, which is uh, further reinforced by the major arcana cards of the Devil and Fortune. Uh, And then also we have the Queen of Pentacles, uh, who is uh, has domain over this first Capricorn area, too. And of course, you know, Saturn uh, is depicting the world as our uh, major arcana card there. So, uh, you know, two of pentacles, this is all taking place within uh, some sort of change, you know, the devil and fortune. Uh, There has to be some sort of, uh, you know, expansion through contraction. We have to break off certain chains and, you know, know, certain uh, plates we've been holding up that we can no longer spin. And that's where fortune comes in because that wheel is turning, you know, and it is time to make movements towards what's next. Now, I, you know, and especially with Saturn playing the role of the universe, like this, this is a universal consideration and this, it's time for, uh, you know, these completions and these endings, but also these new beginnings to begin. And we are going to have to juggle uh, and we're going to have to change in the process. Now, I love the Queen of Pentacles here too, because um, I, I love the deck by M.M. Maline, uh, the Tabula Mundi tarot. And she writes under the Queen of Pentacles, or what she calls the Queen of Discs. She says, through the expansion and contraction of harmonious change, achieves a lofty position. With her capacity for work, she manifests security. 
if in her striving she embodies oppression, she may abort all that she has gestated. So we might be feeling that right now as we go through these, these changing considerations and we're trying to harmonize, you know, the, uh, the musical chair <laughs> dance that we are doing right now. And on one side, we have to develop it by going towards work. Yet if that work uh, and, you know, all that we're trying to hold up within this, cha- you know, changing condition uh, and we're feeling oppressed by something or weighed down, that's when she might have to make the practical, you know, and responsible decision that she has to abort that endeavor so that she can now put her energy into nurturing something that has more promise to grow. So I just love those tarot cards with that, but that is really, once again, reinforcing uh, the Jupiter component uh, of this eclipse, but also the changing component and trying to find harmony within the many changes that are underway at this time. Um, now, on top of that, too, be with an eclipse, these are, you know, these uh, highlight certain areas of the globe. They'll also uh, highlight a certain Saros cycle for that eclipse that brings um, energy through the uh, conjunction point the first time this, the cycle started, uh, you know, many moons ago. These are cycles that are, you know, hundreds of years long. In uh, this particular uh, annular solar eclipse is going to be in uh, the Saros cycle of three South or S-132. And what uh, Bernadette Brady writes about uh, in her predictive astrology book, she says, uh, sudden endings in associations or relationships, which that can happen with eclipses. You know, there's, you know, the sun and the moon are a pair of themselves. And so when they dance together, and especially with an opposition, when we're looking at lunar eclipses, that can be certainly the case. She also says there's a large emotional component to this Saros cycle, as well as a Plutonian sense of traumatic transformation through news or short journeys. Now, keep in mind, much of some of this energy might have already been initiated since our uh, full moon in Gemini a couple weeks ago. And I have noticed, you know, many people have, uh, or I've seen in my feed at least, have left the planet, you know, like people like Ram Das, who is a spiritual leader, you know, uh, Jupiter conjunct the South Node, eclipse in that Capricorn. Uh, and so we see those types of things that might have taken place. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's not uncommon for people to ride out on an eclipse. So uh, just keep in mind that that might be a part of it. Uh, So, um, you know, take your time with relationships and the emotions and the transformation that we're really all going through right now. And especially for, you know, this particular eclipse is going to go across uh, southern India and through the South Pacific um, over by, uh, you know, it's it's going to hit all the way, you know, for China, uh, you know, Malaysia area, and even, you know, the West part of Australia. Um, so there is, uh, you know, we're all going to feel it everywhere in the world, but that particular area is going to be more highlighted, which is very interesting considering what's going on in India right now, um, which I don't have time in this podcast for, but if you're interested, definitely follow up on that. Now, another thing I always like to look at is the Sabian symbol for the degree of the lunation itself. And so this uh, Sabian symbol, you're going to run around up. So if we have four degrees in seven minutes, that's going to round up to five degrees Capricorn. And so here we have uh, the symbol of 
Indians rowing a canoe and dancing a war dance. With the keyword of mobilization and the theme of marshalling resources. Now, of course, if we were to correct this and put it in a, you know, a t- 21st century filter, we'd say Native Americans rowing a canoe <laughs> and dancing a war dance. Um, but it's also interesting that I'm saying Indians as we have the eclipse going over our actual India. So I'm just thinking of that right now in my mind. But you know, in rowing a canoe, dancing a war dance, mobilization, you know, we, we're seeing uh, this could bring forth some aggression, uh, something to be mobilized into action, uh, you, you know, uh, through, and it could even be retaliation because the only time you're going to dance a war dance or you're preparing yourself to go after something is usually within some sort of reaction or retaliation to something that we have to combat. Uh, now, of course, we have to be careful because there can be impulse there if we are prodded or poked or, you know, there's provocation in some way. And because there is a motion going and, you know, we're headed towards some sort of fight. Now, a fight is not always a bad thing because, uh, you know, something, sometimes we have a personal fight that we have to get through where we, you know, we have to take the bull by the horns. We have to commit ourselves and take action to get something in our lives under control. So if you are in that place right now and you need to do your own war dance and, you know, row your own canoe and mobilize those resources, this is really the time to, you know, get life under control uh, as long as we are using our wisdom to utilize, you know, the most practical uh, way of using our resources before, you know, taking any rash actions in our life that may lead to regret because there is, you know, when there's a fighting impulse at play, um, there <laughs> there could be uh, less foresight there. But, you know, I think that um, given the circumstances and the kind of the pressure cooker energy that is in the skies right now, we just might need that fighting spirit uh, so that we can step up and handle a matter and to do so with, uh, you know, practical wisdom that we've gained and we've earned over time um, and knowing when force is warranted and wanted in a situation and when it is not. So, you know, and on top of that, think about it too. You know, these are a group of people mobilizing to get together. So this, you know, has an element of a community or your particular tribe uh, and, you know, joining forces to uh, dance and row together with the same agenda in mind. So if you need to fight something together or or there's a goal that you have with several people and you now are going to unite to make that uh, agenda, you know, put that agenda in motion, uh, uh, you know, this is a time when you can join forces and, you know, uh, put your resources together there. Um, and, you know, also, too, because if we're going, and I mentioned this earlier with the boundary component of things, uh, if we we'll need to put up boundaries at this time, uh, we are essentially showing our strength. We're showing our fight through the enforcement of the lines. You know, this is the line that we draw or this is what we defend because we tend to defend when we draw lines. Uh, And it doesn't have to be an actual defense. It just might be that we've stated something and that is the defense and that's that's what holds that, that line back. 
Uh, and so just know, you know, and especially in our current state in the United States, obviously, as we lead to up to what is going to be a pretty uh, probably volatile period in January, given our particular, you know, um, political situation. It's just good to keep that in mind and knowing where you draw the line, not only in active stance, but also emotionally, uh, you know, and what you engage with, because we just don't have the time or the energy to engage with everything. And this world is pulling at many of us, of, of us from all sides. And so we need to know how to put that boundary in place, that Saturnian, that Plutonian, you know, they're about to meet in the skies. So we need to draw that line uh, for the sake of our own, you know, maybe even sanity at times. Uh, so no, it's okay to kind of put up those lim- you know, let people know, let yourself know, make it an energetic, uh, you know, intention to do so, uh, because we are about to build some great things, but we have to go through some changes first. And that is where we're at now. And we want to know where we're going to keep things on our plate by also being able to release and honor, you know, the next two week journey of all those planets going through the South Node so that we can get rid of what no longer works and then invite in a space that might even give us some gift or some sort of, um, you know, uh, karmic um, support in a positive way through the release. You know, you, you get, you give something or you let that go and you get something back in return that is new to work on, build, and, you know, architect your next foundation because this is a very foundation building uh, uh, eclipse. Uh, but first, we have to do a lot of reconfiguration before we can settle, uh, you know, the dust. So, I hope that everyone has a fabulous, uh, you know, eclipse for what it is, but most important, a fabulous holiday because, you know, just honor the time, uh, honor your energy levels, honor the fact that it's the dead of winter and we only have so much to give right now. uh, And that might be part of this process too. So take good care of yourself, my friends, and I will uh, be back shortly with more on what the universe is bringing us in 2020. So, all right, everyone, have a fabulous holiday. And as always, may the stars be with you.